Excited that you're all here today, and, and uh, we're excited to be here. Uh, we've been on kind of a tour this of the three campuses all fall. I, I can't, I'm kind of confused on, on what's what, but I was telling my wife on the way here yesterday, I said, I kind of feel sorry for you uh, because as we rotate campuses, she, she travels with me, and so she has to hear the same speaker every week, which is me. And so I was like, I'm sure you're getting tired of the, the sound of my, my voice, but... Uh, I bet her faith is getting bigger. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we're, we're excited to, to be here today as we're, we're stepping in a to a beautiful time of year. I know a lot of people in life were facing challenges and things that, you know, just, just in, in real life. How many of you know that being a Christian doesn't mean we avoid real life? It's, it's, it's what, what it means is we have the ability to walk into a, a dark world and, and be the light and to continue to carry that thing out. And so I know that, that this time of year... Uh, we had a beautiful moment there of, of just, you know, dealing with what people face and, and emotions and those kind of things. But I really sense this morning, you know, they were singing the song about how amazing God is and, and beautiful lady there on, on the third row began to say yes. And I was sitting there thinking, that's pretty, pretty, pretty what it really boils down to, are we going to say yes to what God has for us? And uh, because circumstances and things in life, you know, they'll come at you. Uh, but we, 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 I believe that we get in a position of, of faith in that. And we have, to, we have to step into that and decide, hey, we're just going to say yes to the things of God. And uh, we're not going to try to control the outcome. We're just going to say yes, walk into this thing, and then see the miracles that take place. Uh, Pastor Walt sent me a text this morning from Michael Murphy who declared a couple of things over the life church in general. And, and it's dealing with uh, uh, miracle breakthroughs for people and stepping into a new season that God's validating some things. And so uh, I just said, I'm, I received that for me, but also for all of us as a church family, how many of you know we have to receive that and step into that? And so uh, as we step talk, talk today, I, I just want to talk to you about how Jesus comes uh, to give us life. And in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 uh, says, uh, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And, uh, you know, we know as we're celebrating, and, and Pastor David did a great job of opening today and talking about uh, what Jesus did and how Jesus came. But the first thing I just, I just want to talk to today is that, that Jesus is a gift from God. And, and what amazes me is that, that when God sent back Jesus, the scripture said that even before the foundations of the world were put into existence, uh, God had a plan. And Jesus was a part of that plan. But what amazes me about the story of Jesus more than, more than just the, the baby and those kind of things is that, is that God sent his son back to his own creation. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, sin had reigned. And how many of you know that, that we're all sinners? We've all fallen short. That's why Jesus came. But God had such a confidence in his own plan that he's willing to send his son back as a baby. Come on, into a dangerous world. Into, into a world that really, if you study it out, wasn't, wasn't on his side. And many, many, there's many out there today that still aren't. And, and uh, the world still has need of a savior today. Are you with me here today? But it's amazing to me that God had such confidence that he sent his own son back uh, into a world that really wasn't at the time accepted of, of that Savior being born. And so Jesus is more than a cute story. He's God's gift to us. You know, John 3.16 teaches us that God so loved the world that he what? That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, you know, w would not perish but have everlasting life. And so over 40 times in the New Testament or in the Bible, it talks about how, G how, how Jesus was God's gift uh, to us. 
And so as we walk that out, that, you know, it's more Jesus came to, to help us establish a foundation to live on. Not just to get to heaven, but to, to, to follow him and to be the light and to walk out in, in discipleship of what he's called us to be. You know, Matthew chapter 7, I say this every time I preach because I believe in it. Matthew chapter 7, it says that those that hear the sayings of Jesus and do the sayings of Jesus would be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And, and the, when the wind blows and the storms of life come and all these things come at us, it says that it cannot blow down the house because it builds such a foundation. When we, hear, when we hear God's sayings or hear the sayings of Jesus and then put them into action and do the sayings of Jesus, you know, we begin to build a foundation of wisdom. And there's a difference between a good idea, come on, and the wisdom of God. Wisdom of God, it flows, and we'll talk about this more here in a minute, into, into its divine insight on how to live life, how to make the right decisions, how to, how to know what to do, come on, when, when chaos is all around us. You know, even in our, in our San Angelo campus last week, you know, we just had a lot of different factors that were just hitting. You know, uh, one of our great elders, you know, passed away and uh, suddenly comes to church. And, and I don't know if, if y'all told the story, but, you know, Pastor Walter probably tell it more. But, you know, gets up, goes to church. A year before, had a heart attack. They didn't think he was going to make it. Recovers. And, uh, and, you know, steps into this whole, you know, whole recovery system, real businessman, strategy guy, just a sharp man. And uh, for the last year, that was, uh, ends up, you know, recovering. And as of last Sunday morning, was actually recovering well. And so 365 days from the day that he had a heart attack, he shows up to church last Sunday, uh, worships God, brings his family, you know, Puts his tithe in the offering, just this, that kind of guy. Goes, go, you know, leaves and goes, eat, goes home and takes a nap. Well, that afternoon, he goes in to talk to his wife and says, uh, you know, hey, after my nap, I'm kind of hungry. You hungry? She says, Raymond, we only ate two hours ago. And uh, so, no, we're not going to go eat. And he said, well, I have an appointment today and somebody's picking me up. And she looked at him and said, Raymond, nobody's picking you up today. You don't have an appointment. There's 365 days from when he had his heart attack originally. And he said, no, I'm telling you. He said, I, I, and kind of like in an aggravated way, he said, I'm telling you, I don't know why you don't believe me. Someone is picking me up today. He goes back in the bedroom and, uh, it, you know, it'd been a little while, so normal goes in to check on him, goes, and he's laying on the bed just peacefully and had, and had gone to heaven. And so somebody picked him up. Come on. And, and it was, it was just, a, it just that kind of a day, a week. And then we had another one of our elders, you know, somebody passed away. We had a women's brunch. We had all these activities. But it was amazing how all of our people just came together and said, hey, we have a job to do in God. And we have a foundation that no matter what happens in life, come on, we're, the storms of life aren't going to blow down the house. And that's what living for Jesus is all about. And so that, I, that, that, the story of Raymond to me is a beautiful story. There's, there's no, you know, I don't know of a, a better going out story than that. Hey, I'm leaving today and somebody's picking me up. And, uh, and goes to church, worships God like we are this morning, goes home. And that afternoon, come on, starts the day in church, ends the day in heaven. Come on, it doesn't get better than that. Uh, come on, look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty good, right? And so, so that, you know, this, living this life for God, there's a foundation that we live on. It's not, Jesus was a gift. And, 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 and if we embrace him as a gift, then no matter what we're facing on a day-to-day -day basis, we always have that gift come on working in our life. And then he places gifts on the inside of us. How many of you know the gifts that you have in life, they didn't come from you. They came from God. 
And, and as we embrace those and, de and declare, I'm not going to waste those gifts on, 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 on insecurity. I'm not going to waste the gifts God's given me on being negative or, you know, and all those kind of things. Like I say, I was negative this morning, but that's okay. And uh, not about you guys. I was just having a thought. And so I think I sat in the hotel room too long is what it was. And the walls were closing in. But, but that's life. I mean, but my point is we can't waste what God's placed on the inside of us. He has something bigger and he's always moving us to bigger levels of growth and maturity. And, and Jesus said, even in John 10, he said, I came to give you life and, and to even give you more than that if you study that out. And so Jesus, Jesus is God's gift to us. And as we walk that out, it leads us in a whole new direction. The second part of that, it says in the government will be on his shoulders. Now, he's not talking about the American government and the, and the world government. He's talking about his kingdom. The kingdom will be on his shoulders. Jesus carries that. And, 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 and it's a place of authority, but it's also, it's, it, 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 it's a place that, that, God, that God positioned Jesus so that we don't have to carry the weight of certain things. The problem as humans is, we, we, we tend to take on the weight that comes at us. And we think, hey, our plan would be better than God's plan. Or, and, we, and that's how we many times see things. And it's not, not intentional. It's just, it's just what we walk in. I remember being a young preacher, sitting in service thinking, if I was the senior pastor, I'd do it this way. Or if I was the pastor, if I led this thing, man, if my dad would just listen to me, come on, you know, and, 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 and you know, I look back and think, man, I was foolish. I, I thought I could carry the weight of God's kingdom. I was trying to accomplish and carry things that I wasn't meant to carry. And even to the point that when I did become a senior pastor, I took on weight in my life. And, and, I, and I took on so much pressure that I wore everybody out around me trying to accomplish, you know, we got we to do this thing, build this thing. And, and I was happy, but everybody around me was miserable. And so we weren't, it, it, I wasn't positioned, in other words, with a kingdom mindset. I wasn't thinking in line that, hey, this is, God, this is God's kingdom, that Jesus sent his son. And as we walk this, walk this life out, I'm not meant to carry these weights that are put on, on, on the inside of me. I was reading this thing and uh, this story about the Appalachian Trail that people walk all the way from Georgia or hike Georgia all the way up to Maine. Uh, 2,160 miles of hiking. And I'd like to tell you that I'm an avid hiker, but my, my idea of hiking is going from my bed to the restroom. Come on at three in the morning. That's, that's, that's about the degree of my, my ability to hike. But it's a good story nevertheless. And so Pastor Lane would probably be one to hike or, you know, he rides his bike. And so he'd like the story. But anyway, 2,160 miles. That's a long, a long trek. Over 1,500 people a year set out to walk the Appalachian Trail. 1,500 people. Less than 10% of the people who set out to hike this trail make it all the way to the finish. And the reason is, is because when they, when they pack their backpacks, they put all this unnecessary items in the backpacks. So by the time they get 100 or 200 miles or, or, or whatever it is down the pathway, it eventually takes its toll. And so they'll go to these wait stations and people will try to counsel them and they'll lay all their stuff out and say, hey, let, let me advise you in this. If you want to make it to the end, there's some things that you're going to have to take out of your backpacks. And they have these big packs with their tents in them. And, you know, you know, a lot of people put extra shoes and extra snicker bars and, and all these items in there and flashlights and batteries. And, and, and it's not necessarily packed down in, in pounds as much as it is in ounces. In other words, it's the little things that are in the backpack that end up 
uh, creating big weight. And so they'll sit, they'll go through these stations and they'll try to help them. Hey, take this out and take this out and, and take these extra batteries. Do you need this? And eventually they'll put a big old pile over here of the little items that they've put in their, their backpacks to hike this trail over 2,160 miles. And they'll separate those things and say, if you want to make it to the end, you've got to get ready, rid of the unnecessary weight. And that's what Jesus came to do for us. He came to eliminate the unnecessary weight that we try to carry in life. All the little things along the way, the, the, the things that we hold on the inside of us, the hurts, the pains, the, the, the fear, the negativity, you know, all these things that, 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 that we hold on to and we try to, we try to carry it and we think at the end or this vision that we have in our life that we want to accomplish, but many times we won't allow God to really take it there because we won't let go. We won't surrender control. And what I find out is the scripture says, when you cast your bread on the water, that many days you'll find it. And I believe that when it comes back, when you have that kind of surrendering in your life, where you're, where you're trying to, to not control the outcome or trying not to control the little things along the way, and you're willing to say, God, heal me of my past. God, heal me of the pain. God, heal me of, of the ability to have to be in control. Because as long as we have to be in control, then we're trying to carry the weight of the government on our shoulders, or the kingdom on our shoulders, our family on our shoulders. But the moment we surrender control and cast our bread on the water and release that to God, we open the door not only for to, to lessen the weight of our life, but we open up the door for God to do a miracle in our life. And to do the things that he promised. And then we walk that out in faith. And you go from level to level, the scripture says. From faith to faith. To glory to glory. Here a little, there a little. And you look up from year to year and think, man, it didn't make sense when I was, I was releasing that and surrendering control. But go back and do an audit of your own life. Every time that you do that, every year you step a little further into what God has for you. And the kingdom grows and, and people grow and the light expands. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And so what are we holding on to? What's in our, what's in our lives? What's in our backpack? What, what's weighing us down that's unnecessary that we need to release to God? I believe, I believe that he wants us to do that. And, and, and as, we, as, we, as we're willing to, you know, even in my own life, I find myself many times sitting around thinking the same things I did when I was 18 years old that I, that I do I'm at 47 years old. Thinking if I was Pastor Walt, here's what I would do. If I was David Bonet, here's what I would do. If I was Paul Gibbs, here's what, here's what I would do. And so then I, again, I remind myself, wait a minute. It ain't yours to carry. Come on. It ain't your weight. It's, a, it's unnecessary weight that you're trying to carry uh, even, even on behalf of others many times. And we think, well, we're just trying to help. No, no, you're trying to carry the weight. You're, you're, you're doing opposite of why Jesus came. And so as we step into this, we got to constantly remind ourselves that, hey, it's not mine to carry the weight. It's not mine to carry the burden. Uh, sheep, the scripture refers to us as what? As sheep. Jesus said, my burden is what? Easy and my yoke is light. It doesn't mean we don't have responsibility. But it's not ours to carry the burden of all the problems in the world and try to put them on our shoulders. Come on, we have to release that to God. There are no, there are no trophies handed out at the end of the year for whoever has the biggest backpack in life. Is that too deep? Come on. There are no trophies handed out at the end of the year and says, well, you carried more problems. Than I want to be at the end of the year and say, man, I carried less problems than anybody because I gave them to Jesus the moment they came on the scene. You know, I had a guy come in the office the other day. I got all, you know, I got these things and I'm dealing with it. And I was like, well, what are you going to do about it? You're going to rise up in faith and let God work this thing out and, or, and hold on to all the problems and go Google research on every symptom of life. Come on, that comes at you. Are we going to speak to the mountain in faith? 
and, 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 and allow the Spirit of God to do what the Spirit of God came to do. And so it's a surrendering of control. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean or devalue uh, circumstances. We all have issues that we're dealing with in life. But I'm saying there, there's a difference between rising up in faith, come on, and rehearsing the problems and carrying them all the time. And there are things that, that happen in life that are, that are many times out of our control or, you know, your kids do something foolish or, you know, or, or, or your plan A didn't quite work out. I got, I've got good news today. God still, do, he'll give you a new plan A. It'll be okay. And, 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 but when we carry the weight of all of our shame and our guilt, come on, we're, we're saying to God, hey, you didn't do enough. But when we're willing to release that in faith to God, when we're willing to release that and realize that Jesus came to give us life, and he chose to give us life, then we're opening the opportunity to see God take you from where you are today, come on, to where he wants you to be. And so Jesus came to carry the burden. He came to lift that thing. And it's amazing to me that only t- less than 10% of the people, even on the Appalachian Trail, less than 10% of the people actually make it to the end. Because the weight, they just get, they're carrying too much weight along the way. Come on. I want to be one where God says, hey, you might have messed up sometime during the deal. Or you might have messed up in life. Or your plans, you know, didn't always work out. But at the end of the day, I want to hear, come on, well done, good and faithful servant. I want, I want, to, I want, I want to step into that Jesus mindset of it is finished. I want to go to church on Sunday. Many, many years from now, come on, worship God, go through the process, go eat at my favorite restaurant, go lay down on my bed, come on and have some Jesus pick me up at the end of the day. That's a beautiful story, right? Faith, that when you walk things out by faith, come on, you're opening the door for God to do something bigger. And so Jesus came to carry our burdens. Number three, it says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Number three, Jesus meets our deepest needs. Jesus meets our deepest needs. And, and, and this is something that's really been stirring in me. And there's a difference between a felt need and a deep need. How many of you know Jesus came, in, Jesus came number one, the deepest need was we needed salvation. We need, we need salvation. We couldn't save ourselves. We, we're, we're all sinners that needed a Savior. Right? Right? Come on, talk to me. And, 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 and so, so in that process, if you, if you get a hold of that, it's really powerful. But there's also the difference between a felt need and a deep need. And a, and a felt need has to do with just feelings alone. How many of you know feelings can take you out of the will of God if you're not careful? Well, I just feel like they're, you know, this person was mean to me. Or I just, you know, I, I just feel like that this could be better. And it's, it's part of that surrendering I was talking about. But fe- I just feel like that, that this is, you know, before long, everything's a feeling. Come on. And I get it. There's some, some personalities where we have, you know, we're feelers and, and, and if you study all that, it, it, it is a part of gifting many times. But if you're not careful, feelings alone many times will talk you out of doing the things that God wants you to do. And it's just, you know, I look at the, the story of the woman at the well. You know, Jesus, Jesus goes to her and she's trying to do all this deflecting and, 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 and she, you know, telling him, hey, well, well, you Jews say this. We Samaritans say, you know, you go through, it, it's just deflection, constant deflection because this is how I feel. And I'm going to take what I feel and I'm going to portray it onto you. But at the end of the day, I'm going to call that Christianity. Come on. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's getting changed. Nothing's moving forward. That's not, that's not the intent because, you know, even with the woman at the well, she had felt needs. But Jesus said, hey, if you'll listen to me, I have some living water. Come on. 
I have something that's going to change your paradigm. I have something that's going to change the way that you function on a day-to-day basis. I, if you drink from this, you'll never, need, you'll never need another drink in your life. Of course, he's talking spiritually. He's talking about meeting the deep need in her life. And the felt need is always, is always the, the difference. And, and it's the difference between confidence in God and the insecurity of man. In the insecurity of man, you know, if, if, if I was going to do, uh, start a business today, go out in the community, the first thing I would do is find a room full of confident people. And, and, I, and, 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 and people who have a confidence in God, people who have a confidence, have the mindset, I can do all things through strength in me. You know, have that, have that kind of confidence. I'm, not, I'm, I'm talking humble, but confident. Not arrogance. I'm just talking confidence in God. I'm not talking to anybody this morning. Because what I've discovered is that insecurity in this process, a felt need, insecurity can cause more harm to people, families, organizations, and, uh, out in the real world. Come on. Than anything else. Insecurity is, has a destruction to it. That people, people need to get aware of. And say hey. When God gave me confidence. It, it was to walk in full confidence in him. I don't have to step on my brother. I don't have to hurt anybody else. I don't have to sit around and worry what the guy next to me is doing. There's a spirit of confidence that comes into this thing. And as we walk out. It's the difference between just feelings and felt needs. And Jesus dealing with some of those deep needs in our life. He wants to, he wants to get down in the levels that, 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 that we don't want to talk about. He wants to, he wants to help us uh, uh, transform, come on, from a worldly system to, to, to the Spirit of God working through us. But we've got to invite him into some of those deep needs. The woman was trying to, trying to kind of trick him and trying to, to, to manipulate the conversation. But Jesus had a different plan. And, uh, and then she leaves there and begins to spread the word. Come on, that's what happens when somebody gets set free. But it had to lead to a point. And we have to ask, ask ourselves the question, are we going to allow Jesus into the deep places? Are we going to invite him into the struggles, into the pain, some of those places that nobody, nobody's talking about? Come on, if you were sitting down at the kitchen table after church today, I'm talking about the conversations that no one's talking about. And, 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 and we're inviting Jesus in to really deal with some of this stuff. And to meet the deepest needs. He didn't just come and give his life so that we could just sing a few songs and go about our business on a Sunday. He gave his life so that we could leave this place. We could receive life and go out there and give it away. And have vulnerability. And, 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 and able to talk about and, and face some of the struggles that are on the inside of us. And I, and, and I thank God compared to 15, 20 years ago, people are so much more vulnerable today than they were then. People are telling their stories and they're allowing God to use their stories and they're opening up their hearts to really deal with some of that pain. And Pastor David said it early, early in the service in Isaiah 61, that, you know, God came to set us free. And, you know, if you study out who the sun sets free is free indeed, but he wants to get, it's a difference between a felt need and a deep need. He wants to get to those, those, those deep places. It's kind of like, you know, that's what I was dealing with this morning. I'm sitting here thinking, this is, this is how I feel. But two, I had two confirmations that tell me, hey, get out of the feelings and get to the deep need. What's the root of, of what's causing this? And then I triggered I found it. And two of them, one was my wife telling me, enough. And the other was God's word saying, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. You know, a lot of times I have funny stories and things that happen and storms and things that, you know, along the way. But that's a story right there. That's this morning. That's fresh this morning. Be still and know that I'm God. And take, if you study that out, it means in, he's telling us to take refuge in him. Again, we're not carrying the weight. We're releasing that to God. 
We're not carrying the weight as we step into this. We're getting ready, big Christmas week and credit cards and all this stress and all these things to try to keep up with the Jones that we're going to face between today and, and, and you know, uh, the 25th of this month. But that ain't the purpose of, the, of, of all this. We, we, we got to surrender some things and we need to invite Jesus in to deal with some of those uncomfortable places. If you look at, the, at his life and watch how he walked that out, I mean, he, he's constantly in uncomfortable places. And he's dealing with issues and dealing with hurts and pains and those kind of things that we're not going to sing our way out of. We're going to, have to, we're going to have to surrender our way out of some of this stuff. And that simply means an open invitation. God, not my will be done, but your will be done. I, I peel back the layers and I invite you deep into places, come on, that I would not invite anyone else. And that's where I believe that healing can come and, and peace can come. And, th- and then four factors that I believe come with that kind of vulnerability. And, uh, and it says here, and I'm almost through, but it says Jesus meets our deepest needs. And so then it says in, in Isaiah, it says that he's the wonderful counselor. And he's, I don't believe that's just talking about, you know, I believe in counseling. I believe in the science of counseling. But I believe, I believe the counsel of God's a little deeper. I believe there's some things that he wants to stir up, stir up in us. But there's also some things in that, that counseling mentality I believe that he wants us to do. And as we dive into the word of God and we dive into taking time to allow the Holy Spirit and, and to, to, to do the work and listening to the voice of God and saying yes, come on. When God presents opportunity, there's the divine nature of God and then there's a willingness for us to work with him. And, and in that invitation I'm talking about, where we're peeling back the layers, and, 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 and all of a sudden, the divine counsel of God, the wisdom of God. He's not talking about the wisdom of man. It says, it says that he's the wonderful counselor. In other words, he takes his divine wisdom, come on, and he gives it to us. And as we make decisions in life, there's, just a, just a, there's, there, there's a difference. You ever been around somebody who has wisdom and somebody who just has ideas? And, and, and there's a difference in theory and authority. And you're like, man, that sounds really nice. That, that sounds like a good idea. But then there's some people that have authority in their life. It's like Pastor David talked about. And then they, they said it and then they sat down. That was powerful. Because there was authority there and there was wisdom there. I, I've always wanted to be that guy. I want to be, be the guy that God uses that doesn't have to do all the talking or doesn't have, to, doesn't have to, to sabotage or manipulate or any of those things. I've always wanted to be the kind of guy that says, hey, when we walk into the room, I want to have something to say. And we teach our, our teams that. If you, if you give an opportunity, have something to say. But, but allow wisdom to position you. Your gift makes room for you and brings you before kings, the scripture says. Wisdom can take you places in your life, in your family, with your children. Just, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about secular counsel. I'm talking about the wonderful counselor, the wonderful wisdom of God working in our life, guiding us and leading us along the way. And, and open yourself up to that to allow God to take you into that. And then, and then he makes you an authority in life. And I, and I believe that I'm sitting in a room full of people today. I'm glad this didn't, almost fell off your stage, Miss Becca. Uh, I, I'm glad that, that I'm, I believe I'm sitting in a room today full of people who are walking out into the real world. Come on. Because you love Jesus with authority in your life, with wisdom in your life, a divine counsel, the wonderful counselor. Come on, working in your life. It's, it is a difference between... Uh, the world's way and what God has. Number two, mighty God, which we sang about it earlier. So that's the champion. He, he, you know, we sing about it. He, he's undefeated. He's our champion. He, he, you know, when you go before God, you're not going before an idea and saying, God, do you have any ideas I can do? Come on, I got to fix this guy at work or I got I to gotta fix my wife. Come on. 
And uh, I, I just need an idea. He, he's not the God of ideas. Come on. He's the God of authority. And he's a mighty champion. And, and, and when you sing those songs, we can't just sing about it and not, and not know how to implement it in our lives. It says that, it, you know, when we say he's undefeated, I'm telling you right now, he's undefeated. And, and, and that authority, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, still is available and working through us. We're not chasing it. We're not waiting on it. If Jesus is Lord of your life, come on. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead over 2,000 years ago is working in your life right here, right now, today. And he's undefeated. So whatever you're facing, just know that when you go before God, he's going to counsel you in wisdom. He's going to give you a foundation that's not going to destroy your life. It's going to help you stand firm. Having done all to stand, we stand in that foundation. And then we operate as the, as the mighty, under the authority of the counselor, under the wisdom of the counselor. But then also the effectiveness that, come on, the champion is on our side. And we may face some battles, we may face some mountains, but the scripture says that we speak to the mountain and the mountain has to be what? Removed. And so there's some things that we may be facing that I believe that God wants to break free in your life. I believe he wants to do some things. And then he's the everlasting father. He never turns his back on us. We live in a society that, you know, and and just to be fair, hasn't modeled what fatherhood is very well. You know, in, in many years, some, some have, I mean, and, 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 but there, there's a lot of people that have dealt with, with, with issues where fathers and those kind of things, and listen to me, I understand those, those are real, but the scripture says he's our everlasting father. He never turns his back. He never, he's the friend that sticks closer than the brother. He, I mean, he, he's working with you on a day-to-day basis. God's not going give to you, give you a, a mighty idea, come on, or a, might, a mighty calling in your life and then bell on you halfway through. If God said it, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Come on, we have an everlasting father working in our lives. And maybe, maybe you've been through some disappointing times and those kind of things with your natural father. But I'm here to tell you today, your heavenly father, come on, is working on your behalf. And he's still speaking, he's still moving, he's still taking us uh, uh, into the next phases. And then the last one on that is Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, you know, it's a powerful shalom. And so I was telling somebody this the other day, I said, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus in our life. And then as we take these things and we're under the counsel of God, the wonderful counselor, we have the mighty champion on our side, the mighty God on our side. We have the everlasting father who never leaves us or forsakes us. And now we have the peace of God that when we walk into any circumstance in life, even in difficult challenges, any kind of circumstance that's bigger than we are. How many of you know, we may not, we may not escape the problem, but we have the peace of Jesus as we step into that. And there are moments in life when we're raising kids and we're, we're dealing with things and we have pains and, 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 you know, different processes along the way. But we could try to figure it out on our own. But my, my challenge to us today is, you can call us a Christmas challenge, whatever you want to call it. My challenge today is, can we peel back the layers? And just say, God, I'm ready to totally surrender. I'm ready to totally surrender. Let you into some of these places in my life. And I want to walk fully under your counsel. I want to walk fully under your, under your fathership. I want to walk fully under your authority. I want, to, I want to lay down the weight of life. And I want to let you step into new things. I, want, I don't want the felt need. God, I ask you to meet the deep need. If you'll stand to your feet with me this morning. And Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, I believe today that faith is alive here. I believe I'm in a room full of people who love you and who are walking with you. And Father, but, but I also want to take, take advantage of the moment today. 
and every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, there's still some, <clears throat> some deep needs in my life. There's still a deep need. And I've been trying to beat it with feelings. But I'm ready to pull this thing back. I'm ready to, to open up my heart in a whole new way. And I want God, I just invite him into the deep. I invite him into the, the hurt. I invite him into the ugly places, the things that no one else knows. And I'm not going to embarrass you or ask you to come up here this morning. But every head bed and every eye closed. If you have some deep things that you really invite Jesus into, I just want you to raise your hand this morning. I want to, we just want to pray with you. I see those hands. Thank you. Those hands. And Father, we thank you. Just say this with me. Jesus, open my heart today. And I declare, come on, say it like you mean it. I declare, not my will be done, but your will be done. And I peel back the layers and I open up my heart to receive from your wonderful counsel, to, to receive the victory of your might, to receive you as a father into my life. And I receive the peace that you have for me. I'm not trying to escape the problems. I'm just embracing your peace during the problems. And I thank you, Lord. I believe today that you're taking us from where we are. I just even see it, Lord, on the, the house here today, Father, from taking in a new level of wisdom, a new level of insight, a new level of power, Father. And I speak today that every need that, that, that we're walking in, every deep need that's, that's, that's in this place today, everything that they're facing, every problem, Lord, there's those that are believing for miracles. I just declare your miracle power in this place today. And I thank you, Father God, that there are doors opening right now in the name of Jesus. There's authority and faith, Father God, that, that's shifting. And, and let me say this by the Spirit. Just keep worshiping there where you are. There are some things that God does for us, but then there's some things that He asks us to do. And so, stepping into that new level of faith, and I just declare today, right there where you're at, it, 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 maybe you've been waiting on God and there, there's a time to be still and there's a time to be still and know and there's a time to wait patiently but there's also a time to activate that thing and maybe you've been kind of waiting on God and I'm just going to just say this from my heart but yeah, I'm telling you right now God's saying don't wait on me I've already done it I've already given it to you I've already powered you I've already filled you and so maybe there's some things stirring in you that God wants to do. I'm just saying, step into that this week. Step into that place. Leave here and knowing today, come on, that God is working. He's on your behalf. He'll give you the counsel you need. And if it's fear that's been holding you back, come on, we got to break that thing. Not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit, says the Lord. And we break that thing today in the name of Jesus. And as you step into it, listen to me. The, the, the one who carries the weight is going to begin to work on some things. So don't, don't just wait on God. Step into that. Step into it. Break the fear. Let the counsel of God begin to work. Let the might of God be on your side. Let the everlasting Father come on, cover you the way that He's intended to. And then let the peace of God rule your life. And I just believe there's a new level of peace today that's coming upon those situations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. We're going to sing this final song and then bless you guys.